Welcome to the Aging Gracefully Workshop. My name is Mary, and I am a compulsive overeater. And your good morning, and your moderator for this meeting. Meeting, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off now. To protect, we remind you that this session is being recorded. All speakers must sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery and the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. The format for this session is as follows. We will have three beautiful speakers who will share for 20 minutes each, followed by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is Aging Gracefully. The following is a reading from Lifeline Sampler, pages 221 to 222. A few months ago, I realized I would soon be having a birthday, and the age I would be turning was not pleasant to contemplate. Suddenly, and it felt like overnight, I was feeling different about certain aspects of my life that had not been a problem before. Thanks to this program, I have a way to make it through this season of my life and whatever others lie ahead. I thank God for this wonderful fellowship and for each person who touches my life. I would hate to go this through life without them. Okay, our first speaker is Jean from Roseville. Welcome, Jean. Thank you. Do you want to hold the mic? Um, no. Okay. Thank you. Let's see, you're tall, so I don't think it'll be a problem for you. Oh, you're hearing the next room. Okay. Can everybody hear me? No. I think that's... Whoops. Okay. Can every... Yes, I can hear me now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jean, gratefully recovering in OA. Hi, um, and I don't think of myself as graceful, never having been coordinated. I trip over my own feet and so forth. But uh, aging, yes, I, I love that um, selection that you read this morning. Um, and I take notes because I can't remember everything anymore. I never could, let's face it. 
Um, the challenges that I have today, and I'll just start with saying, as we get older, we do have some challenges. Um, a lot of them are physical. You know, our bodies change in ways that, you know, amazing. And um, that's it's one of the things that I have to accept when I'm ill, which is very seldom, thank goodness. Um, I don't recover as quickly, and I don't like being sick. I'm a big baby, and I don't want anybody around me. Um, you know, so so here I am talking about all of that. Um, you know, my shape, you, you told me, to, it's not working now. Something's wrong with our... I don't do electronics either. There we Whoops. Yes, there we go. <laughs> yes, I am electronically challenged. Um, I just found out from my daughter about a little gadget that I put on the back of my phone so I don't cut people off mid-conversation and phone somebody else. Well, I'm, you know, amazing things. Um, but anyway, that's that's where I am today. I don't think of myself as tall. I used to be a lot taller than, well, several inches taller than I am now. Um, but, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge of aging also, is we shrink. And um, unfortunately, this way, not this way, um, <laughs> because I seem to have settled around the middle, um, which I don't like, but, you know, that's God's plan, I guess, because I don't have anything to do with that. Um, solutions for these kinds of things, acceptance, acceptance, acceptance. I have to accept and love myself the way I am today. And in, what can I do about it? There is not a whole lot that I can do about it. This is my new normal for today, you know, for today only. Um, so the physical challenges, I've had a hip replacement surgery. Um, aside from that, I'm in, in really good, and including that, I'm in really good physical health. I don't take any prescription meds. Um, consider myself very fortunate. Um, and I came in, t it's not working again, right? Is it? Right into it. Okay. Well, I can shout. Um, so where, where was I? Uh, physically, um, I'm in, in really good shape, but I don't have the energy that I used to have, and that frustrates me. I can't do what I want to do, which includes things like coming here and sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Now, it really is not. Can I shout? Can you hear me if I shout? Hmm? Oh, now it is. Okay. Yeah, it keeps Would it work better if I held it? Probably. Probably. I've never done this before. <laughs> Closer. Closer. Ooh, okay, I hear. Okay, so that takes care of the physical part of, of what's going on with me. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know how many of you experience this, but... I have bouts where I can't remember where I put things. Um, darn. And I, I make sure that I hang up my car keys when I walk in the door on a, on a peg that I have right there for them 
99% of the time, that's where they go. But you know, there are other times, and it's not... Hmm? Keeps fading. I don't know. Just keep going. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I, I'm mildly concerned about Alzheimer's. My sister, who is younger than I, has Alzheimer's. Ah, got it. Where should I hold it? Okay. Obviously, I'm never going to be an entertainer, right? <laughs> Which is a good thing, because this is not a place I like to be. I think I keep shutting it off here. It's like my telephone. Am I here now? It's not my phone, but it's acting like my phone. It's not your phone. Okay. Anyway, keep, keep moving on. Lost my notes. Lost your place. Um, my sister is younger. I'm the oldest of three. My sister is two and a half years younger, and she has Alzheimer's, has had it for several years. Um, my brother died five years ago, the youngest of us all, of cancer, uh, before he hit his 70s. And so, yeah, I'm one of the only ones left on, on either side of my family, of my generation, you know, and... Elder status is fine. I don't mind being older. I do do mind kind of people expect things of me. And I have to look at that and say, you know, that's your expectation, not my expectation. So that's that's kind of where I go with that. Um, where else with that? Um, I have two kids, four grandkids, eight great-grandkids now. Uh, the oldest of whom is is thirteen. Four of those eight are special needs kids. Amazing. Two are autistic. Um, one has cerebral palsy. One has something called Turner syndrome. Um, and you can, I had to look that up on the internet. Um, yeah, something is happening here. I'm kind of off, on again, off again. Anyway, um, I do a lot of things to take care of myself. I do water aerobics, and I do um, some some um, weight weight um, things just to keep in shape, or at least partly in shape. Um, yes. Okay, another challenge at this point, for me anyway, is because I got started on my, my uh, graduate education and so forth later in life than most. Um, didn't, didn't start my first, well, my first teaching job, if you will, until I was in my 50s. You don't get teacher retirement. It, te they don't hire you in your 50s is what I found out. So I didn't get hired for a lot of things that I could have been 20 years earlier. On the other hand, I never thought I would teach and I found that I really enjoyed it. So I, I had 20-some-odd years, 25 years of a career that I really, really enjoyed and, and stayed at it until about four years ago, um, which was, was longer than most, but it, it did me well. Um, I'm 81, so you can figure that one out. 77 when I quit. Um, some memory aids. One of the things that 
you know, they, the experts out there say, is don't just do the crossword puzzles and the numbers puzzles and so forth. Do some new things. You know, try to learn some new things. And I have taken up sewing again and found that I can do that pretty well. Um, I I'm, I'm, took piano lessons for years as a kid, and I've started learning some, some songs again, trying to learn some new ones. You can order them off the Internet today. And I get them, for those of you who know music, in the key of C, so I don't have to fuss with sharps and flats. Um, works for me. But I'm finding that I can do those things. And for some old songs that I knew, muscle memory comes into play, and that, that works well. So there are a lot of things that I do to try to keep myself here. Um, my solutions, service... I came to OA, and I've been sugar abstinent since 92. Um, not fake sugar, but just sugar, sugar. Um, and, and all the varieties of. Um, and I do service I, in two programs, and that's how I, you know, keep coming back. I really like that. Um, one of the things, I did a road trip last year, actually, to Laramie. My daughter and her family, all of her kids and grandkids, live in Laramie, Wyoming, and have decided I probably won't do that again. Um, it's, it's exhausting, and it's not that I can't drive, um, you know, because I can, but, but it is tiring. It's more tiring than it ever used to be. Um, I trust my higher power, whom I call God, for guidance, um, yes, um, and I try to less to figure it out by myself. Figure it out is not a slogan, by the way. Um, giving back is a huge part of my recovery. Um, I sponsor still a lot of women, um, and and I'm active doing doing some other things. Uh, not as active as I once was, but. Um, and kind of these, these are how I deal with it. I take every opportunity to show someone I care. You know, I care about a lot of people. I don't take care of them, but I care about, you know, just about everybody I see. Walking down the street, smile at people. Yes, really surprises some of them. But uh, I get a lot of smiles in return. I just, I love that. Um, most of my life, my goals were related to the care of and needs of others, you know, fixing for other people, not today. Today, I check to be sure the goal is something I want, you know, which is a good thing to do. Today is a good day to try something new. These are little bits of things that I have picked up in, in my readings. The day will make me joyful if I do what brings me joy. What is that? So some days I have to look and say, what will bring me joy today? And sometimes it's going to a meeting, and sometimes it's sitting in a chair reading a good book. I do a lot of reading. I'm one of my library's best customers. Um, so love, love reading. I'm, I'm an introvert, so that works really nicely for me. When I get tired, I just stop read a book. Um, I need difficulties and challenges to find courage and faith and determination. And it quit again, didn't it? Okay, that's all right. I want now what I've always wanted, peace and security. I, it, yeah, I know. 
let me talk louder. Okay. Uh, today I want what I've always wanted, peace and security. And today I have that for the most part. For the most part I have that. Okay. These are always available to me if I rely on my higher power, God. Um, no matter what my problems are, there's always somebody worse off. And I tend to forget that sometimes. You know, I'm not homeless. I have, thank you, whoever is doing that, it seems to be working. Um, I'm not homeless, you know. I have, whoops, have a, have a bed to sleep in every night. I have wonderful meetings out in Roseville. Um, I'm in two fellowships, and I, I have both of them right there within a couple of miles of where I live. I could walk, actually if I were so inclined, which I'm not usually. Um, The older I get, the more I realize there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think some of us anyway can remember those words. Um, World War II era. Um, Everything is just part of my journey. And, And I've had a long journey. In, in several programs, I've been in this one since 92. I've been in my other fellowship since 79. A lot of years now of recovery. And I had wonderful sponsors in both, you know, who are not unchallenged either. My, my current OA sponsor is, you know, dealing with a husband and a son who are both hospitalized at the time. Um, you know, and I'm grateful that I didn't have that grateful that I didn't have that. Um, The older I get, yeah, there's there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Everything is part of my journey. Um, And I talked more quickly than I I thought I would talk. Um, What else about aging? Oh, I know what I wanted to do. Could you hand me my big book, please? Thank you. They talked about the big book in last night's play, which was wonderful. Okay, and for me, on page 17 of the the edition two, acceptance. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, or thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Um, I don't have to accept unacceptable behavior. And when I first read this in the big book, that's what I thought it was telling me. I have a challenge with reading things the way I think they are and not as they're written some days. But I learned that, you know, accepting something the way it is is just like I accept that here I am standing here doing something I would prefer not to be doing. I prefer to be on the listening end, actually. Um, But, you know, here is a room full of people listening, and that's the way it is. I can't change that, but I can change my attitude about it. So, you know, and I know all of you are friends. I have sat in meetings with a lot of you. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. So acceptance is not about unacceptable behavior or accepting unacceptable behavior. It's accepting that you are sitting there, and that's fact. 
I am standing here and that's a fact. And I can't change any of that. I have to accept what is or I won't be a happy person. Nothing happens, absolutely nothing, in God's world by mistake. Okay, it is, And I don't have to know the reasons, you know. God has not chosen to whisper in my ear, this is why I'm doing this, Gene. You know, things happen. And until I could accept my addiction, I could not stay abstinent. Until I could accept that I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, and I didn't want to believe that. I mean, how many times was it proven to me over the years, since I was a kid, actually? My mother was probably anorexic. My sister was anorexic. Um, And yet she would bake, my mother, big batches of cookies and put them in a cookie jar and then scold us for eating them. Hmm, okay. So... Anyway, I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, which I can't do anything about, as what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Today, I I make good use of my God box. There are a lot of things that go in that God box, both personal and and bigger world. And I've used it for so many years that, you know, Things don't bother me anymore. Even this heat outside is not bothering me today particularly. Of course, I'm inside right now. But, uh, but you know, it, it doesn't bother me to be in the heat as much as it used to be. You know, when I lived in the Bay Area, you know, and it's relatively cool down there. So, anyway, that is what I have on aging gracefully. And thank you very much. Um, the technician tells us that this room is the problem, that the mic keeps going in and out. So if you would like to move closer, because when it does come out, then you can hear the speaker still. Just a tip there. Um, so it's not your fault, Jean. Um, good. All right. Our second speaker is Hope. From oh sorry I'm on the wrong page never mind one second no problem okay our second speaker is Trish from Santee yay good morning my name is Trisha and I'm a compulsive overeater and what a beautiful morning to be sitting here with um, everybody that I love. I'm just so happy to be in a Region 2 convention. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. I see everybody here who um, understands me and my past. Well, um, I came into OA early um, in OA's history, And I started my abstinence when I was 35 years old. I'm 79 today. So I have aged gracefully in Overeaters Anonymous. I have been through many uh, different stages of life. And each one has their own beauty. And the one that I'm at now, I am so grateful. You know, I'm lucky to have 
um, good health and um, and uh, to be able to do some of the things I'm going to share with you. My goal in life is, well, we had all that music last night. Okay, and there's a line from this song that I love, not from the one last night, but it's, I want to think a little more of others and a little less of me. I don't know if you've heard that song, but to me, that epitomizes page 99 of the AA 12 and 12. You know, that prayer doesn't say it like that, but that's what it means. And so my goal is try to be, not think so much of me, you know, but to think of you. Because it was everybody in a way who was able to bring me the abstinence and recovery that I have. You know, our motto today is together we can. And I couldn't have done it without the help of everybody else. I didn't do it myself. So I'm going to talk just a couple of things about me being a compulsive overeater, what happened when I was young. Between the 8th and ninth grade, I gained a lot of weight. I have no idea how much. But every day I had a red corduroy jacket, and I wore that jacket to school every day because I was so ashamed of gaining that weight. I wouldn't take showers after P.E. because I was ashamed and humiliated to be undressed. And so I got a D in P.E., and I love P.E., well, anyway, so that that happened when I was young. And um, another thing that happened was really the most humiliating thing for me is um, some of you in here may remember that there used to be only one phone company in the whole world, you know, just about. You know, now we have lots, but there was only one, and they had telephone operators. And I went to apply for a job, and... I had this really good interview. The interview was going really well. And um, the interviewer took me into another room. She weighed me on a scale and then took me back to her office and said, we can't use you. That was very humiliating, you know. But that happened to me. Um, Another one is uh, in the 70s, we did not have as much idea of um, eating disorders, and and so I was starting to get an inkling of there was something wrong, because I would stand at the cupboard and shovel in the food, and I would say, why can't I stop? You know, I know today why I can't stop. You told me. You told me why I can't stop. And, um, and then I had this one weekend where I was supposed to go off with my boyfriend. He broke his back, you know. We couldn't go. So I went home from the hospital, and I baked, and I ate, and I baked, and I ate. And I call that my last binge, but it really wasn't. But it was the one that I remember that I ate so much. And, and I was able to kind of connect it with the way I was feeling because I couldn't, I couldn't do that before, not before I came to OA. So, um, all right, so that's, that's all my little history. Um, I've had a lot of growth in OA in terms of especially 
um, being with other people because I was so isolated. I did the things that I had to do. I was single mother before I came into OA. I had three children, and I was going to um, college and um, working part-time, and <laughs> I was just gaining weight and gaining weight, gaining weight. So um, I was taking a jazz dancing class, and there was a little lady in there who was losing weight. She, she's the one that brought me to OA, and my life changed forever because I saw people who ate like me, and I, and I related. I saw people who hugged each other, and I had such uh, um, uh, what I call now a hole and lack of love and affection you know, that's my perceived, it probably wasn't true, but that's the way I perceived my life. And so um, I went to meetings, and I would go to meetings and go home, all right? And what happened to me one night, I went to coffee afterwards, after an OA meeting, and this woman said to me, why don't you call your food in to me tomorrow, you know? That was somebody reached out their hand to me, me who was afraid to try anything because I, that's the nature that I was, fearful and isolated, and she reached out to me. Somebody in the program reached out to me and saved my life. <laughs> Sorry, I get kind of emotional because I love this program and I love what's happened to me and the growth that I've had in the program, you know, um, <laughs> you, you can't you can't help but grow when you start at 35 and you end up here at 79, right? <laughs> okay, so um, I I have um, a plan of action which I think helps me to um, age gracefully, and all of you have one too, even if you haven't written it down. But it's the things that you do daily for your recovery and for your life, like. Um, abstinence. I abstain every day. Um, I exercise every week. I hike every week. Um, I do all kinds of different things like that. I go to meetings, and all of that is my action plan, and all of those things are helping me to keep keep in touch with OA, to keep in touch with my feelings, to keep in, keep in touch with my attitudes and my behavior so that when I think I say something that probably hurts somebody, that I know how to go t to them and tell them I'm sorry and please forgive me and is there something I can do for you because, because of that. You know, um, I've learned how to do that. So um, I always like, like it because the big book always talks about action, striving, working, and somehow I became, you know, active. And physically active has really helped me a lot. And I, I don't really see that progress except that, now I say this, not, not because I'm, I'm proud of it, but because it's so amazing to me that 79 I can hike mountains. <laughs> you know? That doesn't happen to everybody. And... Um, and it's a joy to me. It's a way that I experience God, 
you know, to be in nature. It's, it's very spiritually renewing. And you want to know, I take a class in hiking. I'm the last one. I'm slow. I'm slow, you know. But I don't give up, and, um, and I do the action. I do the action because it makes me feel good. Um, and it lets me, you know, do the kind of life that I like. Um, okay, let's see. There's always physical changes that happen to us, whether we like it or not. You know, there's um, when you've been in, on the planet for several decades, you know, gravity affects you. It comes and talks to you. <laughs> and, and you can't hear it, but it's talking to you. And it does things to your body. And I accept that today because I accept the person who and what I am. Some of that gravity and stuff that I see on my body today is because I was fat. And your skin stretches, and it doesn't go back like it used to. And I accept that today. I accept my wrinkles. I accept my, th- my, my body the way it looks. I like my body. My body is still working for me, even if it's just letting me get up in the morning and um, start my abstinence. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with that. You know? um, every day is good. Um, so my, my other goals are always to work for spiritual um, growth because I have a tendency, well, you know, just to do the same old things I'm doing all the time, you know, but, uh, but my, my philosophy is that, you know, I have to grow in the program. I don't get stagnant in the program. You know, I can't stand back on my laurels, I guess. They, they always say that, whatever that really means, but... Um, but so I have to work for that all the time, and um, I have a dear sponsor who helps me. Um, I go to the step studies, and in step studies, I'm always learning about myself because um, we talk about character defects. We look at our own character defects, and I can recognize today when I'm in a relationship with people and I'm doing something that's um, not to my highest good, I guess, or theirs, you know, that I'm, I'm able to um, uh, change that. And let me talk about this one. I'm in another organization. It's not a 12-step program. And... There's a lady in there that came in. She used to be in a long time ago, and she she came back because she retired. And um, she has some new ideas. And it seems like I'm always saying negative things or, or like, questioning the things that she's doing. Um, Because, you know what, it's not my way. I I think it should be done a different way, you know. Well, so we were... um, we were at this event last weekend, and she says, how did you like the new script? Well, she would ask me, right? I mean, don't I practice honesty? <laughs> and, and I said, well, um, maybe, um, maybe you and I should um, sit down and talk about it. You know? And then she said something else, and I told her um, what, I, what I thought. You know, it was nice. I'm not 
mean or events spiteful. But I got to thinking about it. You know, maybe that lady thinks I don't like her. You know, because I'm, uh, it seems like I'm always having more of a negative interaction with her. And I like her. You know, she's, she's a smart, interesting lady. So I went up to her later and I, you know, I told her, I said, you know what, I did. I told her how much I like her. And that just because I have different opinion, you know, it's not personal. You know, and because I didn't want, I didn't want her to think that I didn't like her and that's why I was attacking her. You know, I'm not attacking her, but disagreeing with her, you know. So uh, I, I didn't have that kind of ability before I came into the program, but I have that. Um, and then Jeannie, she talked about her work, and that's something that I forgot about talking about, um, about aging gracefully, because I, had, I was 50 years old, and I put in an application for a job that is pretty much like outside and doing things outside. And sometimes things that you have to do that are heavy. And sometimes in my life, I, I have thought that I am um, height challenged, you know, <laughs> uh, differently than she is. And um, anyway, I put in an, um, um, an application for that job put it in in November, had an interview in December. They hired me in January. I started in February, and it was a dream job. It was the kind of job that I had outdoors that people would ask me, how did you get a job like yours? But see, I've been in OA a long time, and so I was not so afraid to take a risk. I knew that that person that interviewed me was not going to take me in and weigh me. You know, I've been in maintenance, like, for 30 years, I guess, <laughs> something like that. I knew they weren't going to do that, you know. But but they hired me when I was 50 years old. Wow, that was terrific. I just, you know, I'm, I've been so blessed in this program. I've had some terrible things happen in this program because it's life, and that's what I've learned. Life is up and down, up and down, whether we're abstinent or not. And it's much better when the downs come if you're abstinent, you know, because um, God is there to help you to get through those down times, you know. And um, so some of my goals are that I want to be, stay vibrant and healthy, you know, I do what I can. You know, I watched my mother age up until 95, so I have more of an understanding of uh, the aging process and accepting it for myself. Um, I want to create a healthy lifestyle, which I have. I don't want to give that up. Um, I want to keep engaged socially. You know, I want to use my brain. Um, so um, I took Spanish a long time ago. I'm now... Um, in a book, and I'm um, doing some on my own to, um, so I can learn Spanish. And I have um, an idea of a, a neighbor of mine who I think will teach me. Uh, and so I'm going to go back to um, trying to learn a language, another language. And um, 
And I want to always stay close to the steps and the traditions. It was working the steps that made all the difference in my life. After I did steps four and five, I knew it was, I wasn't in Oasis Social Club, you know. It, I was there for the long haul. I was really working the program. I loved that. And there's another section on uh, in the AA 12 and 12. Uh, not that that's my favorite book. I like all the books, but it just happened to fit in with today. And this one is um, on page 130. And part of it says, most individuals cannot recover unless there is a group. And together, we can recover. You know, we can't do it alone. We tried it before when we were, um, before we came to the meeting. And so um, I guess that what I would like to impart with you is um, be, be active, don't quit, don't give up. And stay and be the miracle. Thank you, Tricia. All right, our third speaker is Ella from Oakland. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, I think I spent a lot of my life hiding behind podiums, so I'm trying to uh, stand out. Um, it's kind of funny to reach the age of 76 and be wearing sleeveless things for the first time in my life, you know. But um, I just the statistics are I'm 76. I've been in OA for 36 years, I've been abstaining for 22 and a half years, and I've been maintaining a 75-pound weight loss, so that's enough numbers. Um, you know, when I first heard this topic, I was a little bit miffed, because I thought, oh, do they mean I should look like I'm on the cover of Modern Maturity? And they say, oh, my God, she has a vibrant sex life, and, you know, she doesn't, she looks, you can't tell the difference between her and her granddaughter, and, um, you know, and she's taken up hang gliding, and things like that. And I felt, um, you know, one more pressure from the world to achieve something. And not to do that to myself, you know, before it was like, you're not thin enough, you're not rich enough, you're not got the right career, you don't have the right car. Um, and now it's like, well, you're just not the right kind of old person. And, and we want you to be an old person that won't upset us um, by um, limping or complaining or doing anything. Um, that's human. And um, so I thought, well, what is, what is all this about? I came into OA, and the first thing I had to do was accept something I didn't want to accept. I had to accept that I was addicted to food, especially to certain foods, and that if I didn't want to continue suffering, I was not going to be able to eat those foods. Now, I could never do that on my own, and so I came to understand that by admitting my total powerlessness and by seeking help and by being with you, 
one day at a time, I was able to stop doing that. Now, anybody abstinent from this disease has already achieved a miracle that is totally incomprehensible by and large because, um, you know, it took me 10, oh, 13 and a half years to get a sustained abstinence in here. And I don't know why I was willing to do that because I'd never been able in my life to do anything that long, that badly, but I was, and I'm so grateful. So there it is, accepting that which I can't change. Now, guess what? (laughs) The body is aging. There is no getting around it. This friend just sent me a little note. We, We exchange fears and resentments each day. It's really fun. Um, And uh, you'd be surprised how much fear and resentment comes up every minute. And um, telling somebody else about it, you begin to see, oh, my God. So she said, I fear my body is falling apart bit by bit. And I wrote back, good news, it is falling apart bit by bit. (laughs) Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And... um, It will only continue to happen. And um, so how do I live in the face of that? How do I live without, as the promises say, looking back on the past, we will not regret the past. We will not, you know, we'll not keep on looking back saying, but I used to be able to hike 15 miles. I used to be able to carry that. Uh, I used to... mm, fit in a different size brassiere, excuse me, or whatever. Um, and um, it's like not, not somehow being willing to say, yes, I'm a human being, and so there is some sadness, there is some pain, there is some discomfort. That's not a sign of spiritual malaise. Um, but that I really can't change it, and I don't, And accepting it doesn't mean I have to like it or love it. It just means I don't have to be uh, uh, fighting all the time. I don't like this. Um, Now, um, you know, the enormity of powerlessness is one of the advantages of age, I think. It's like over and over and over again, I see how much it is that I cannot change and how much I'm powerless over. And that's, that's actually really good news in some way. Um, this Father Terry, who's a wonderful alcoholic priest, um, says, you know, it's only when we stop using and when we stop doing the things that distract and defend us that we discover how truly powerless we are. And there's some way in which you can relax, right? I can't, I can't make this change. It's not, I can exist with it, and I can find some relationship to it, but I cannot, I cannot reverse it. I cannot change it. I cannot be anything but a human being. And coming to know what a limited human being I am is really very freeing and not every day expecting these gigantic things of myself. You know, sometimes I feel in program we exchange, or not me, but I exchange one kind of demand for another. All right, 
you are spiritually fit. This means you do not ever doubt that there's a higher power that's taking care of you. This means you do not ever get upset when your government does things you don't like. You do not um, get upset when people take your parking place in the Trader Joe's parking lot. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like if that was it, I would be at war with myself all day instead of saying, oh, look, look at you. You know, this is really funny. Here you are in a little snit. And, um, and I'm a person that um, tends to worry. I didn't know that before I came into program because I was so anesthetized with food and I had one major problem, which was I was overeating and I was too much too fat. And so that was my problem. And then when I stopped doing that, I thought, wow, you're not a fearless person. You know, I'm not armed with seven pints and four bags and, you know, boxes. And all of a sudden, I was scared. So um, I yesterday, I had to go to Roseville, and I took the train, and I um, asked the Amtrak people to keep my bag. And, um, and then I got on the bus to Roseville, and I started worrying about, well, when I came back to the station, would I be able to get the bag before I got... And then I remembered I was not taking the train back from Sacramento, and I had nothing more to worry about. In other words, it didn't matter when I got to the station. But it was so funny that... I, I, I don't know if this strikes you funny, but that I sat there and remembered that I actually did not have to worry about this, as if having to worry about it was an obligation of mine anyway. But... I'm still the same human being that I've always been, and I'm an imperfect human being. And that, to me, you know, I've, I'm sure it would have been in the emotional sobriety or spiritual recovery workshops, but I feel like I need emotional and spiritual recovery to deal with any aspect of life. I mean, in other words, if you remember, nobody here looks like they're a teenager. If you remember what it was like being a teenager, that was not exactly fun either. Um, in fact, it was a nightmare. And um, I sort of feel like when you finally begin to get some kind of mental um, equanimity, your body starts falling apart. So, you know, all, all the wisdom and all the um, acceptance and all the muscle you've worked on spiritually, now you have to deal with something else. So, like, right, it's always something. And for whatever reason, why would I expect that it not be like that? And that is, I think, one of the things I have to begin to understand. And we get that. Someone talked to me this morning a little bit about the wisdom that comes with age. Now, that's a little bit of a big word, wisdom. But let's say there's some experience that, oh, you've gotten through this again. Oh, there you are again, honey. You know, you're, you're uncomfortable. <clears throat> and so what do I do when I'm uncomfortable? I go into major judgment, you know, and I get in. I, so these are my things. I know them. And um, say there, there, there you are, dear. And it's, so it's a process of self-forgiveness, self-acceptance, and I think that anything I learned about how to deal with this particular part of my life, I learned from OA about dealing with all the other parts of my life. 
first of all, powerless, can't do anything about it. Okay, higher power, something. How can I see this differently? How can you help me have a different attitude here? What can I do? Um, Yeah, here's a great parking lot thing. This woman, you know, I was backing into the parking space, and she pulled in frontways right behind me. Man, I mean, you know, like, because I want to say, I am 76 years old, and I, so anyway, I did get out of my car, and I said, was it not evident to you that I was backing into the parking place? That was nice. And she said, oh, aren't you driving for Uber? And I said, (laughs) so I just drove on. And one of the reasons I really wanted to get into that parking place is I had to go to the bathroom really badly, and I wanted to get into the store. That's, I'm sure, something you have noticed um, as well, Um, the uh, (laughs) having to go to the bathroom really quickly. Anyway, I drove to the next Trader Joe's, and there was a woman walking to the bathroom the same time I was. And I said, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go first? And I'm telling you, the minute I said that, I stopped having a resentment about the parking place. And I realized that the only thing I can do when people let me down, when people disappoint me, is what is the behavior that has upset me? How can I practice something else? And those little things, and I mean, what I was seeing a smile, but that's the greatest thing that can happen to you or to me in a day, is when my mind takes a shift and can see something differently. And um, so, you know, I think what I, um, I want to say is that the other thing that can happen is that you can look back on the past and think, oh, I didn't do this or I should have done that. And, you know, the promises say we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And the fact of the matter is I didn't do X, Y, and Z at the time because I wasn't capable of it. And I remember once a long time ago when I was talking about stuff, and this woman said to me, isn't it enough to be recovering in a 12-step program? You know, just please put away the whips and chains, baby. And isn't it enough? And isn't it enough just to be a human being? And that, that thought that I need to be special or that I need to do something in an extraordinary manner... Um, That is, to me, a very, it's a pernicious part of our culture, um, that only the exceptional, only, well, let's not get into it, you know. (laughs) I don't, it it can be an outside issue, but I think it functions also in, in recovery. How can I get rid of all my character defects, you know? How can I be sure that I am serene all the time? And, um, and how can I handle all calamity with serenity? And how can I just say, thank you, God, for, you know, another arthritic knee? No, I'm, <laughs> I just feel like, I'm, no, that's a denial of reality. And that it's okay to say, there's difficulty. It's all right. I don't have to put a big... Um, whitewash over my life or over you or anybody. And by sitting in these rooms and by being with everybody, 
over the years, you know, there's something about sitting in these rooms for, um, what, 36 years, did I say? 36 years. And I've seen myself change. I've seen my growth. Like, I came in here, and there were people I could not tolerate. You know, I'd get up and go to the bathroom the minute they opened their mouths. And then... um, I remember one night, one of those people who was married to somebody I thought was really wonderful, she wasn't there, and he talked to me for an hour. And, I, and it was like, oh, I saw something totally different. So that I think that's something I've really learned here. The other thing I've learned is that it's important to share and tell the truth. Like, recently I had a a clumsy fall. And one of the things that happens to me, and I noticed it because I've noticed trying to assist somebody who's also old is like, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. And, um, and I was like, um, you know, I took a class about falling, not how not to fall. And one of the things was to wear very sensible shoes. And um, I was not wearing sensible shoes and I was carrying a load of why not tell you, a 40-pound bag of cat litter in the, um, in the wheelbarrow, and uh, the, the uh, unsensible shoe caught, and I went flying forward, and I said in my mind, no way am I doing a face plant into this wheelbarrow. And um, I am not breaking my teeth, and, you know. So I, I grabbed on in some incredible way, and I crashed into my chest, and I thought, whew, this is not good. Um, but as it turned out, uh, I dodged a bullet, and nothing got broken, and nothing got ripped. But I know I didn't want to tell anybody. I absolutely didn't want to tell anybody this had happened, because I was ashamed, and then I was, no, they were going to tell me I had to move into the retirement home. And um, in which case, I said, well, what are they going to do? They're just going to call the ambulance, you know. So, but I, but I was talking to, someone called me with an outreach call, and she was asking me how I was feeling. And I said, well, uh, and then I said, well, you know, this happened. And she said, oh, last year I fell on, tripped off the sidewalk and broke my wrist. And I wore a coat over it for a year because I didn't want anybody to think I was an old lady who had broken her wrist. <laughs> and I said, oh, remember, we're only as sick as our secrets. And, you know, I want to be able to share those things with you. I want to be able to just be here with you as I am. Um, and that's the final thing, too. It's not only the acceptance of the aging, it's of me, that I have good qualities. I have qualities that work for a lot of people. I have qualities that don't work for a lot of people. Um, Recently, I had a little tiff with someone who wasn't in OA about the way I responded to the Warriors game. And um, <laughs> we had a long discussion. And it was I, was I had that courage to say, you're my friend. I love you. Um, I can see that these feelings, the way I expressed myself, wasn't comfortable for you. But the way you're interpreting those feelings... I don't have that interpretation. They're just feelings. They're just being a a raucous fan. Um, 
So, I mean, it was like I was able to own that it might have made her uncomfortable, but that I didn't have to hate myself and wish my skin would be ripped off and commit suicide and believe that I had no friends because someone I loved. And we both agreed that we love each other. And I was taught those things in this program. I was taught to be an honest to be an honest person and to try and be helpful. And I think that'll also be the final thing to say is that all the things we learn about being of service, which the other speakers talked about, is that ability to be outside myself, to be of use, even if it's just to smile at somebody and to um, let them cut ahead of you in the line um, or let them cut ahead of me in the line. Let them have the parking place, you know. Um, how important is it? All those things. So thanks a lot, and um, we'll keep on trudging. Thank you, Ella. All right. The meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Um, I'm going to place the speaker release, uh, sign this, so that we can have you on the podcast or whatever that is. Um, we ask that you limit your share to three minutes and confine your share to the experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today. This session will end at 9.45. Hi, I'm Adrian. I'm a compulsive overeater. And thank you so much. I really learned a lot. I'm not quite as old as some of you, but um, I am having a lot more bodily things that are happening, and I have been feeling sorry for myself about, you know, I'm only 57, and I already have all these issues, but from hearing the shares, I feel feel like I'm home again. I'm in an OA meeting. It's all good, and we share, and that's how we grow, and I really appreciate um, um, everybody being here and your shares. Thank you. I'm Eileen. I'm a compulsive eater, overeater, anorexic, bulimic. Um, And I always listen to these podcasts from the Region 2 conventions, and I hate gaps in listening, so I hope people share a lot. (laughs) Thank you so much. I came in when I was 17 um, from an Ann Landers column, and uh, so that's like some 43, 44 years. And at this point in the game – Getting abstinent, just, you know, back-to-back, day-to-day, you know, what's the meaning of life and aging and all that is the challenge because life is not – it's calm. You know, everything's okay. And so I look a lot to, you know, my peers in aging. My body's changing too. I still, like, can do martial arts, and my dream is I I love – going to Thailand and the Philippines and doing that and maybe some dog rescue and just but back to back being a cliche being just not very special but of use in the world um, 
is important because the alternative is a very devastating disease. When I was 17, I didn't know what, why I was doing what I was doing with food. And uh, I've kept off something like 65 pounds for all that time. And my body still works. And it is important to be, I think, um, to take care of it. Um, so, uh, and I, and I think we've all been around, the program's been around long enough that we see people navigate this process of recovery and age and die, you know, and it's like, I look to others to see how they do it. And I look to others for support, um, to figure out what's meaningful to me in my life and my sense of spirituality, um, and sponsorship. So I hope other people share, and thank you very much. My name is Mary, compulsive reader. I'm 60 years old, and um, I, I thank you, speakers. All of you were great. Thanks so much. Um, so I've dealt with kind of like life and death, and because I had a kidney transplant. My sister gave me her kidney, and... Um, I remember when I was on dialysis, she got married, and I felt so sad about transitions, you know. And I'm a person that comes from that place of grief with change. Just that's how I am. But program has given me faith that, okay, there's change. There's acceptance. I'm going to feel sad when transition. Like I see Brad Pitt getting older. That makes me sad. (laughs) He's like, he's getting old. When Robert Redford got old, I'm like, he's freaking old. It makes me sad. And I have to accept that because there's the alternative. Anthony Bourdain took his life. Kate Spade took his life, her life. I wanted to take my life before program. But thank God I didn't. Thank God I have the option of aging gracefully. I come from the depths of this disease. I say I'm a heroin addict with food because I am. I'm a heroin addict. I had a brother that was a heroin addict, and I saw him, so I know I'm the same with the pizza commercials. How he saw the drug movies, I saw the pizza commercials, and we both acted the same way, salivating. So anyways, my point being that um, I was overweight all of my life. I couldn't do anything as a kid. I remember going to college, and there was a flight of stairs. I was so scared because I couldn't do that flight of stairs onto campus. Well, I've lost 130 pounds, and um, now I'm doing exercise because of OA, because of this program. And it's not just the physical. It's not just the physical. It's just like it's the emotional and the acceptance and dealing with life and dealing with change. I get sad at transitions. I feel grief at transitions. But then I have a higher power that says, Mary, have faith. This is life. Have the feelings. And then it's like I can move on. That's the gift of this program. Quickly, sometimes they say, what's the difference between OA and church? Well, with church, they kind of tell you what to do to me because I was brought up Catholic, but no more. Um, OA, take what you like and leave the rest. Therein lies the difference. I take what I like, big sinner than I am, and leave the rest. So thanks for being here. Thanks, and come up and share because that's the way to recover. Hi, my name is Hope. 
I'm a compulsive overeater, and I hope I'm not the one you, you read. You read something about hope. I thought, oh my God, one of these ladies is named Hope. That's not allowed, you know. I'm the only Hope. I'm exceptional. <laughs> anyway, relate. Anyway, a couple uh, cute stories. Um, my parents were um, 92 and 91 when they passed away. They both passed away within the last six years. And um, my, I told my parents, they live in Las Vegas, I said, I am not coming down there, you know, uh, you know, buy plots here, okay? I'm not going down there. I live here, et cetera. So my father passed away and um, everything. And then the la- next time my mother came, we had the headstone and everything, and I took her. She she had she was not a compulsive overeater, but there were times in her life she was very obese. And I remember when I was in high school, we went together to some program, you know, weight loss program, whatever. And but she, I know compulsive overeaters, and she wasn't okay. And I was really curious as to she had a great great outlook on life. This woman amazing, and I was really curious how she would react when we went to the grave for the first time with the tombstone. And I'm thinking like, oh, she's going to, you know. And I was on the way to the airport, and she looked at it, and she goes, you know, it sucks. <laughs> and that it was perfect, you know. I mean, there were things that suck, you know. But what can you do? You know, you just, you just keep moving on, you know. Oh, anyway, do you have a little thing there or whatever? Okay, okay. Good to go. Um, you're talking about, people are talking about regretting the past, you know. And um, I can look back and I can see some things, you know, and I go like, like who said, um, we don't know why God does things, you know, for certain reasons. And I hope I don't get off for Columbia. But um, <laughs> I adopted two kids because I couldn't have. And then I had to, naturally, um, you know. <laughs> And um, the second one was problems from day one, probably bipolar. He still doesn't take meds and everything. Um, and it just, just, you know, thank God we had the money, wilderness programs, emotional growth, boarding school, et cetera, et cetera. And today he's 12 years clean and sober. So you never know. And I always said, why did God put this child with us, you know? Well, there was a reason, you know? Thanks. Sorry. We have one more burning. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mo. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, sugar addict. I was just I was just reading through some old notes that I took oh my, many years ago, and I saw this, and I thought this is appropriate. Thank you all for sharing. Um, I hope I stay green in this program because green things keep on growing. And I thought that was appropriate for for this uh, topic. I hope I stay green uh, in this room room because I want to keep growing. And I want to say how the program has helped me in the aging process. I came in in 89, and my father passed away in 95. And right after he passed away, I went out. I left for four years. I picked up sugar. And I came back in 2000, and I haven't left since. Then my mother died in 04, and I was in for four years, and it really helped me be present for her dying process and to make my amends to her during that time while she was alive. I did, wasn't able to make them to my father. 
because I wasn't working a real strong program. Um, but I love having the ritual of this program as a retired person because if I didn't, I probably would just be, you know, sleeping all morning and, you know, eating all day and, you know, and then trying to figure out where the day went. And now I have this whole ritual that I love. I get up, I do my prayer and meditation. I listen to a phone meeting. I go out. I'm a runner. I just ran the Beta Breakers. And, you know, at, and I'm 74. And I'm going to run the Wharf to Wharf, which is coming up pretty soon. And I, and I have this program to keep me motivated. I love the weighing and measuring because it keeps me focused, and that's it. That's my meal. I'm done. Even if my mind says, oh, you can have a little more, which it doesn't anymore. I'm grateful for that. But it's just been a gift. And then I have the whole day, and then I have more sponsees at night to close my day. And just reading the big book with them is a gift. I, you know, I just wish the whole world had this program. You know, sometimes I think our politicians could have a 12-step meeting and my, my uh, uh, church people could have a 12-step meeting, you know, because we would all, you know how we, you know, together we can. I love that theme. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. I'll sign this thing. Thank you. All right. That is all the time we have for sharing. It is now time to close this session. Let's thank our speakers and all who have done service for this session. Thank you, Ella, Tricia, and Jean. Um, if you enjoyed this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the All Star Media Table to order copies of this session or any other sessions. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD or as an electronic download. Please join hands as we close with the third step prior that you'll find on page eight of this program. The third step prior.